I'm trying to find my stand. Oh, no. Uh, well. Let's see. I guess I'll use a target button, a pen. Uh -huh. Hey. Bear with me while I move some stuff into place so it's easier. Yeah, no problem. Not a problem at all. Not a problem at all. Sorry, folks, we're just getting some stuff ready. I'll give an introduction while he's getting everything ready. This is Mr. Tim Case. He teaches archery here in Erie. He's, uh, I met him downtown a few times, and he's a really genuine guy. So I'm actually excited for this, for this because Tim's also going to give us a demonstration today. I will definitely try. We'll see how it works out. Let's uh, see. Absolutely. Uh, is that the name of your business, Archery Encounters? Archery Encounters is the name of the business. Awesome. So if you don't mind me asking, how would you get started in archery? Uh, I've always had an interest in it, even since I was a little kid, but about 26, yeah, exactly 26 years ago, I picked up a bow for my first time when a friend invited me to go hunting with him, and I was living in a not-so-good neighborhood, so I didn't want to have a bunch of firearms laying around. Um, so I said, yeah, we'll do it, but let's do archery hunting. And that was the birth of it and um starting in 2007 i started doing events around erie uh, such as discover presque isle we would set up a bunch of targets at discover presque isle and people would come in and shoot and we'd help raise money for the park uh in that in four years that we did it we had about five thousand people come through the archery range that was awesome. Roughly 1,200 a year average. And uh, then I shot off my mouth and worked with the uh, um, Mandrell celebrity shoot, the uh, Mandrell sisters, Barbara, Erlene, and uh, Le Louise, man, I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> um, they were great. We did that event for like three years down in Seven Springs, Pennsylvania, and we would set up for their kids today. And then several of the celebrities would come up and practice. I've worked with, I have pictures of me coaching early Mandrell and that led to being invited out to Hollywood for a few celebrity shoots out there. And uh, that eventually led to the creation of Archery Encounters. All righty. There goes my second question. How'd you start the business? Um, that, it was a long, hard road. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned Hollywood. Have you ever had any famous students? Well, that depends on how you're defining famous. The most, most well-known that I've had, um, no pictures exist of. Mm. Um, 
unfortunately, although it was on a, a uh, Hallmark Channel TV show, um, Melissa Gilbert and Matthew, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, Labor No, I think it's the pronunciation of his last name. Um, you would know them better as Laura Ingalls and um, Albert Ingalls from Little House on the Prairie. Mm. There was a, I was invited out to uh, <clears throat> be on the Home and Family television show on uh, the Hallmark Channel and they uh, they were doing a little house reunion and so Melissa Albert and Almanzo were participating in it we're going to participate in an archery contest so I trained them before the contest and then the segment got cut and they kept me around for another day the next day I had uh, a couple of the regular cast members um, and and a couple of the other outdoor events i had claudia christian from babylon five um john scalise michael gregory um most of the people are character actors or you know, people you would know if you saw them, but you might not necessarily know their name. Mm -hmm. um, I did, however, get beat in an archery tournament here in Edinburgh in 2010, I think it was, um, by Scarlett Palmers, who you would probably know best as either Kira from the TV show Reba, the youngest daughter, the redhead, mm -hmm. or if you're a Star Trek fan, uh, Star Trek Voyagers, Naomi Wild. So, yeah, I've taught some famous people. I've taught some not so famous people. Um, I've taught some people you wouldn't believe. I mean, mm -hmm. now, and, what, what, go ahead. And I've interacted with Ted Nugent for many years, off and on for many years. So. Nice. Now, with coaching, do you find it easier to coach someone with experience or someone who's just beginning so you can train them in your methods? Archery is one of those things that if they're experienced, at least in this area, they're either doing bow hunting and target archery or just bow hunting. And... Um, when you've got somebody who's been doing something for 20, 30, 40 years um, with fairly regular success and stuff, getting them to change to doing things the right way is a problem. Um, so I would rather, I much prefer a younger student that has no experience um, but I will work with anybody, but they have to be willing to take what I say to heart and make the cor corrections that I say. Hey. Archery is one of those things that, um, 
if you do it properly, it's like a finely choreographed ballet. If you don't do it properly, you can get halfway decent results most of the time. But when you run into problems, you don't know how to make that ballet happen. Hmm. All right. Do you have any like funny stories about when you were coaching or anything like that? Does oh, this, this fits in well with the story that kind of ties into the new student versus uh, experience. We were doing an event. We were doing one of the events at Discover Press Kyle. And I had uh, IBO, which is the International Bowhunter Organization shooter. They're the competition organization for 3D archery that is very active up here. And his girlfriend, his girlfriend had never touched a bow before. And this guy was experienced. Guy was, had all the bells and whistles on his rig. And, you know, he's like rocking and rolling, telling his girlfriend all this and all that. And we got them at about 10 at less than 10 yards away from the target with our equipment that we have for the event put it in both her hands, gave her a little bit of instruction on what she needed to do. And she shot groups like this, about, you know, a little bit bigger than my head, okay? Him, his groups were within my shoulders. So the experienced guy that was talking all the stuff, you know, trying to impress his girlfriend, um, getting owned by his girlfriend. <laughs> so um, this sport is, females process the shot process differently than males do. Males are results oriented. So males are always trying to get the bullseye. No matter what they do, they want that yellow right there, okay? female mind works on a pro is process oriented so they'll work on oh i didn't hold the bow right oh i didn't anchor right you know whatever and i'll go through some of that with you today um and they will then make the correction to the process which will build them to the results they also listen better again it becomes i really hate to say it this way because I'm a guy, but the reality is the, the male ego gets in the male bow hunter, the male archers way many times. Um, the competitiveness side of it works to a, the male's advantage, but the, the ability to work in a structured process to execute a proper shot sequence to produce the result that you want. Males are constantly, when they're, especially when they're beginning, they're constantly changing their process. Oh, I hit a little high. Oh, I hit a little low. I'll do this, I'll do that. And they don't have that solid foundation to make the corrections from within. So those are kind of the challenges. Um, other funny stories, obviously, Scarlett Palmer's beating me was 
you know, it was fun. And she's a great archer. She was actually brought up in the JOAD program, which is the Junior Olympic Archery Development. So when she was younger, she took archery and she participated in a structured environment. And although she had many more years experience with me, she was using a platform she wasn't used to, and so was I. But we, you know, she shot better than I did. And, you know, I'm proud of that. Because <laughs> quite honestly, she's an awesome girl. She, she really is. Um, it was so much fun having her here. And I'd love to have her back because I want to rematch. <laughs> now, with COVID-19 going on, have you had to make any adjustments with the business? Or obviously because we're in phase two and I fall into a category that is not allowed to be open in yellow phase. Uh, I can't be open. I'm here alone at the range. I can be here. Somebody can stop in to pick something up or something like that, but I can't run a structured class. Um, that being said, when I am allowed to open, um, much of the steps that we have to take will be pretty much, I mean, I'll have to wipe down the arrows after people are done using them. I'll have to wipe down the bows after people are done using them so the next group can do it. We'll have to, now this is one thing that's critical, um, the masks, if you're wearing one of the medical masks, we have to make sure that you're anchoring properly so that you can uh, not get the strength to catch on the mask. If you don't anchor right, if you draw the bow clear back here, that corner of that mask could right in that way. And that's more dangerous than not having a mask on. But we have ways to adjust that. As far as the social distancing, I can put people on lane six, lane four, lane two, and leave the other lanes. That gives us about six feet distance. So uh -huh. Six foot circumference around people. And uh, then in order to coach people, I have to be able to see their entire body. So I have to see how their head is. I have to see how their feet are. So keeping that six foot distance is not real difficult. Um, occasionally, the only thing I would really have to do is um, hand demonstration like I'm be doing for you guys today um, for them. And I, there should be no contact with the, uh, with the person. So I don't have to get within, within six feet of a person in order to coach them. So. It actually is detrimental if I have to, but sometimes they have their elbow too high or their elbow too low, and it becomes a challenge to figure out what they need to do. Hmm. All Now, for when you do open up and everything again, where are you located at? I'm on the fourth floor of the Packard building at 1505 State Street. Um, and you can... 
you can call it. When we do open up, we're going to have people, you're going to have to pre-register for the time because I can only have so many people in the range at a time. Um, and that's always been the case because I only have so much room to work with and, uh, and so much equipment to go around. But pre-register for the class, come in. If you need elevator uh, assistance, we have that capability. Um, if you have some special needs, we can, we can accommodate it. We're, we're wheelchair accessible. Our bathrooms are wheelchair accessible. So, um, we're at, like I said, we're at 1505 State Street on the fourth floor, and we're just waiting for the go-ahead. Mm -hmm. And how would you register for a class? Like, how would you? Online, online uh, at archeryencountersllc.com. Mm -hmm. And you just go to our store, select what you're looking for. Um, usually, if you're looking for classes and stuff, you go to the instruction and coaching, and you'll pick your out of that, register for it, pick a day, pick a time, and then pay for it. And then that guarantees you that I will be here at two o'clock on Wednesday or seven o'clock on a Thursday. Mm -hmm. right. I try to accommodate people. I try to let my schedule be accommodating to other people's schedules. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Within reason, because we do do a lot of, uh, well, this summer we're but we do do a lot of off-site events. And if I'm downtown doing, which has been canceled for this year, but if I'm downtown doing Celebrate Erie, I can't be here teaching an archery class. So <clears throat> that's why we, you know, I need you guys, I need my customers to tell me what's gonna work so I can schedule the stuff that I, the extra stuff that requires me to be away from here around that. All right. Now, the last question before we get into this demonstration, because I'm really looking forward to that. Um, if someone were to be thinking about doing archery uh, or just starting to look into it, what advice would you give them? Um, it really depends on where you're at. Um, if you're in the Erie area, my semi-biased opinion would be come to Archery Encounters. We have, the, we have equipment for you to use. We can get you started on the shooting process. We can talk to you about what your goals with archery are, what your, whether you want to bow hunt, whether you want to just do target archery. I have a couple of horseback archery students that are just starting up. Um, that program here in the Erie area. And this way you don't have to put out a me. If you go to any of the pro shops in the Erie area, yes, they have an archery range. Yes, they have equipment, but they want you to buy the equipment because they're a selling retailer. I don't have that motivation. My motivation is to make sure you know what you're doing, how to do it, why you're doing it and then we worry about what you need to buy and then i send you off to those retailers um, 
field and stream, Dave Sarcher, CNCR3 out in West County. Those are the retail organizations. And my hope is that you will, would frequent them and buy, buy the recommended equipment uh, that best fits your budget and your goals and then return so we can work with you with your own personal equipment at a later date. Um, there's a lot more to the sport of archery than people think. You're standing the wrong way. It affects where your arrow goes. You're breathing the wrong way. It affects your arrow. I mean, everything that you do is problematic if you don't do it correctly. Absolutely. Okay, now for my favorite part of this interview, I think it's time for a little demonstration. All right. Well, I'm awful close to the target, so I'm going to move the camera back. Go for it. Bear with me. Take it time. Okay. All right. How's that? Can then? Yep. Yeah, that. I get stand down here. Yeah. All right. Yep. We're a little bit closer than ten yards. So let me go get the ball. For those of you just tuning in, this is Tim Case. He teaches archery here in Erie, and he is about to do a live demonstration for us. So I'm actually really excited for this. He's just grabbing his equipment real quick. And as you can see, those targets right there, um, he's going to aim at them. So let's sit back and watch how this is going to go, shall we? Give him a few minutes. He's just grabbing his stuff. I got to make sure I'm in the camera. Yeah. Camera. <laughs> I was just explaining to the uh, to the audience what was going on. Okay, I'm going to give you a quick demo of how this is done, but I want to be able to be seen, but let you kind of see the targets. Now, the first thing I teach my students is until you get to your third, fourth, fifth, sixth, or more weeks of archery classes, it doesn't matter where the arrow goes. So, as you can see, we have a couple different target bases up there. Mm -hmm. They're called a Vegas three spot. And then we have single spot targets. Okay? Mm -hmm. So, what happens with that is if you're, if you're concentrating on getting bullseyes, like I said earlier, you're not concentrating on the process. So, work on the process. The two biggest corrections I have to make for students, experienced and in especially experienced, believe it or not, is their grip, okay? As you can see, if you look at my hand holding the bow, my knuckles are kind of off at an angle and there's only one finger in front of the bow, right? Can you see that? Mm -hmm. Okay, now, 
That's the way, that's the correct way to grip a bow. Most people start out, they grip the bow like this. Well, when you grip the bow like that and you have some backwards pressure on it, watch what happens to the bow. So twist in my hand. Mm -hmm. Versus this. I see. Like with this, it kind of goes sideways. But with this, it stays straight forward. Now, what the goal is, is to hit the joint where the thumb and the index finger come together. Okay? Mm -hmm. Right? If you put your thumb, your other thumb, inside that joint and bring your finger to it, you'll see that it comes right on the outside of your thumb pad, right next to your thumb pad. But that joint lines up with the bone structure of your arm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when we're here, see my forearm. When we're like this, I don't know if you can see it very well. Get in a better position. Mm -hmm. You see how you see how my arms going flexing a little bit right in here. Yeah. Can you see that? I don't mm -hmm. know. If, but when I'm like this, it's a straight shot. It's a straight. There's, there's no flex. So I've eliminated all my arm muscles from the shot process just by changing my grip to that. Now, you knock the arrow underneath the brass piece. You can see there's a brass piece there. Mm -hmm. And then my right You raise the bow up. As you're exerting the most force, you take in the most oxygen. Then you hit the corners. Notice how this all lines up with the corner of my mouth. Mm-hmm. Oops, let me get that. Nasty. Even, even though I'm down here and the string is touching my nose, if I bring it up, I'm right at the corner of my mouth. Okay? Mm-hmm. I'm tired of holding this, so I'm going to let it fly. Ooh. Not bad. Not bad. I wasn't even aiming at a target, so mm -hmm. we'll take. Now, as you can tell, there's a whole lot going on in that process that you can't really see. So that's why I have to stand away from people so I can see it as a coach. Now, you notice I said work with your body, not against it earlier. And then I say, inhale as you're exerting the most force. So when you're drawing the bow, inhale. And if you hold your arms out at a T, you go, your body rises, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. And you exhale about half your breath, your body settles down. And if you stick your arms out in a T like this, and inhale and hold your breath, breath and have your girlfriend or significant other or one of your children grab on your arm and you're clear up here, your arm just falls down with the weight of them hanging on it. When you, this all settles in and your arm can't go down any further. And it's much harder for the, that person to get your arm to go down. You actually have to, have to relax it and let it drop. You actually have to drop it yourself. So that locks you in this way. 
that locks you in from your head is settled on your spine, shoulders are settled on your spine, over your hips, down into the ground. That's your stability. When you're drawing the bow, you already have the pressure going up the bone structure of your bow arm. So you got skeleton here that's pushing this shoulder blade towards your spine and you're pulling this shoulder blade, oh, stay put. You're pulling this shoulder blade towards your spine. So everything radiates to and from the spine. This is coming down on the spine. This is pressing towards the spine. This is pulling towards the spine. Then the biggest mistake finger shooters make is they let go of the bowstring. Okay? They do, I'm doing this to prevent the arrow from flying. They do this. They pluck the string. They pull their fingers away from the string. The reality is, you let the string might go of you. Just relax your fingers as you're pulling with your shoulder, pulling with the shoulder muscles. Remember how I showed you how the grip makes a difference. Okay. Now watch the bow when I just let the finger get pushed out of the way by the weight of the bowstring. Bow goes straight forward pretty much, right? When I pluck that string, bow twist and jump that way. That all imparts to the arrow and affects your shot down range. So when you're executing everything properly, you get a shot that's very close to the center line of the target. Mm -hmm. You can see that first arrow went off to the left. That second arrow was at about six o'clock, about five inches below that target. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that, I dropped my arm before I shot the bow. Dropped my shoulder, and that effect is a shot. Mm -hmm. So. Now, this arrow is set up a little bit differently than the first three that I shot. You see how that white vein is sticking up? And mm -hmm. two well, the other arrows had the white vein sticking out. And that has to do with Archer's paradox, which is the way an arrow flies to the target. When you launch an arrow, inertia, when you draw it back, it gets a natural bend in it. Okay? In fact, I'll do it this way so you can see it. It gets a natural bend in it. Then when you release that arrow, that bend starts to come out of the arrow and move forward 
and then flexes back. Now, if you see on the bow, we have a little shelf here, a little rest here, and a little bit of room for the arrow to pass through. But that arrow is bending. If I have the white vein or the green veins in facing the riser, this is called the riser, and this is the sight window, and this is the shelf, that arrow's flex does not have enough bend in it for the vein to clear, and that pushes your arrow off. So if I launch this arrow, the same as I've done with the other arrows, I'm gonna shoot at an angled target here so you can see that a little bit better. Did you see how that arrow kind of fishtailed mm -hmm. as it traveled downrange? That's because it impacted the riser and kicked off. So that's just a little bit of stuff that we talk about in our classes. Yeah. Yeah, the beginner's page. You enjoy that? Loved it. Good. Loved it. I'm going to be reviewing this afterwards and be, okay, got it. Got it. Got it. You know? So... Yeah. Well, you shot you shot with the hoverball system, right? I believe so. Yeah, the inflatable with the balls and the blue blue tip arrows. Yeah. Much yeah, back in um back at the art galleries. Isn't that where you did them? The yeah. area art gallery night. Weren't you and down at um, down at the uh, event center too. Yeah, weren't you also with the sea uh the sea uh the sea wolf mascot? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, for a period of time. Yep. Yeah. yeah, so one question I forgot to ask you. Um, what are your rates for anyone looking to come into a class? Um, our four our four week intro to archery class, which is four one hour sessions, is eighty five dollars. Our six week is one hundred and twenty five dollars. Private coaching is forty five dollars an hour. Um, that is for mostly for somebody hell bent on becoming a competitive archer and needs the day-to-day -day whip crafting and stuff like that. So, but for the beginners to intermediate archers or people without their own equipment, the $85 or the $125 is your best option. I also have a look-see, which means you can just come in and try it for an hour. Uh, that's going to be 25 mm -hmm. And then I have, like, date nights and, and family nights. Family nights are $50. Date nights are 30 You hear that, honey? We're going on a date. Uh, cool. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'll have to bring her when she comes to town, so... But anyways, thank you so much for the demonstration and for taking time to talk to us. Thank I you. certainly learned a lot. I hope that this brings you a whole boatload of new people and that you shared the same experience. It was great learning about archery. So something you don't learn about every day, you know? No. And believe it or not, it's something you know about in, in at the very core of your you know, of your subconscious. It is actually hardwired into the human psyche. 
if you give a toddler who's never seen Robin Hood or anything like that, a wire coat hanger, they will do this naturally. It's just, it's that, the sport is 70,000 years old. It's mm -hmm. ingrained, it's ingrained into the human psyche. And I mean, you think of almost anything in our culture, all right? Mm -hmm. Archery has been a part of it. When you're doing a marketing campaign and you tell, you want to tell people that this product is the exact product that you want, you say, this, or, this is the bullseye, this is, you know, this is on target, this is, hell, target has a target. That circle down there is on display on a perpetual. Mm -hmm. When you're driving down the road, how many times do you see an archery image? Hmm. Are you talking about the lines on the road? That. Or are you talking about like the stop signs or any so signs in general? The signs telling you which way this is, which way that is. West 12th Street is that way. East 12th Street is that way. How do they symbolize that? They Error. use one way sign, bend in the road. It's all symbolized with arrows. Mm -hmm. So you're bombarded with archery. Are you, Nick, are you a fan of uh, Star Wars? Yeah. Are you a fan of the animated series, Star Wars cartoons? Well, just the movies. Just the movies? Mm -hmm. okay. Well, The Rise of Skywalker actually had one of the better, or the bow was lousy. But the girl that was shooting the bow did a very good job. Her shooting form was what well, spot on for something that was less than two or three seconds in the entire movie. They did a great job of representing archery shooting form. The bow mm -hmm. and the sex stuff, not so much, but props for shooting form. Um, the Night Sisters from Star Wars The Clone Wars, their weapon of choice was the bow and arrow. Chewbacca with the crossbow. I, I remember mean, that. Archery is in everything in our culture. Mm -hmm. From ancient mythology with Artemis and Apollo to modern mythology with Star Wars. Everything has archery and archery component in it. Heck, mm -hmm. Han Solo using a hand, or not Han Solo, Lando Calrissian using a handheld crossbow to shoot that one stormtrooper in the mask in Rise mm -hmm. of Skywalker. Yeah. I remember, I think it was The Last Jedi, or um, no, not The Last Jedi, the, um, the Force Awakens. I remember the part where uh, Han Solo asked Chewbacca, Can I see that, please? Takes the crossbow for him and just takes out the steep troopers. I like this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it. Disney has been one of the biggest quiet promoters of archery in the last 70 years. Hmm. Look, I mean, obviously Merida and Brave. Um, Robin Hood, mm -hmm. both the Fox and the live versions. But um, 
Disney has incorporated archery into so many of their different, I think there's like 63 or 64 Disney animated characters that have something to do with the bow and arrow from the little kids shows all the way through to the more adult themes. Don't they also use uh, archery in Mulan? Mulan. Um, let's see. Mulan, Brave, Hercules, um, The Princess Diaries with mm-hmm. anyway. mm-hmm. The second one, they have an archery segment and although they make it look like she sucks, her shooting form is really spot on. For a Hollywood movie, they did a very good job with representing archery in that movie, and she does a very good job. It's um, something that we, it irks us that we see so much bad archery coming out of Hollywood, but when we see the good stuff, we, we try to get the props, and Anne Hathaway did a great job. The animators did an excellent job with Merida. For for a one or two segment section of Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker, they paid the the actors and the directors and stuff paid enough attention to the archery detail to make sure that it looked right. Now, where they fail, Hawkeye is a great character. His character arc, his character story. Is awesome, and the way he interacts with the other Avengers and stuff is, mm-hmm. is you know really great. His archery, not so much. Arrow from the T, uh, the Green Arrow from the TV show Arrow. They actually uh, had a coach and and archery technician on set with them. Um, her name is Patricia Gonsalves, and she actually trained all the actors using a bow and arrow on how to do it, how to do it within the confines of what they wanted versus the confines of, you know, she taught the happy medium. So sometimes you would see Stephen Amell draw the bow back like this. But that's because, like, the director wanted to get more of a more of his face in the shot. But for the most part, he was drawing the bow back and he was doing this. When you're watching him in the, when you're watching him in practicing in on the tennis balls and stuff, you're actually seeing his elbow come straight back. So, you know, just like I'm doing right now. A lot of them they have him doing it like this. You can you can see it right away. You know, they're drawing the bow like this. They can't even get it back. So the TV show Arrow does a much better job representing archery than the Avengers does. Oh, hey. hey. that much involved in it, did you? Hmm? You didn't know there was that much involved in it. No, not at all. You didn't know it made our culture that, that well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really amazing. Actually, archery is one of those sports we find that the the kid at school that 
is not athletic, that's a loner, that doesn't feel like they fit in, is oftentimes the kid that will excel at archery. So, and I've seen it many times. We have that shy, meek kid or the handicapped kid, kid in a wheelchair, picks up a bow and arrow, puts his heart and soul into it. The captain of the football team is here with them. And kid in wheelchairs beating the captain of the football team. It's just heart and soul is the determining factor. Everything else is pretty much equal. Mm -hmm. So it's a great, it is truly the great equalizer. The, no, least, the least of us, and I say least in quotes, the least of us can excel against the best of us. So it's really an equal playing field. It really is. The only thing, you know, if you make a mistake, in fact, um, since you're kind of into sports, have you ever heard of Bo Jackson? Mm -hmm. He's an avid archer and bow hunter. Really? Yes. And has been for years. Back in like, two, it was either 96 or 2000. I don't remember the year and I haven't been able to find it online. But he did an interview with one of the sports magazines. I think it was ESPN Sports. And um, they, it was an Olympic year and they asked him, what athletes do you admire the most? And he didn't even bat an eye and said, without a doubt, the archers. And they were like, the archers? All they do is pull a string back and let a stick go. You know, they didn't say that, but mm -hmm. you, have no, you have no idea. When I'm on the field, on the baseball field or football field, I got somebody to my left, somebody to my right that can pick up my slack if I'm having a bad day. These guys are all on their own. They make one mistake, they're done. And thankfully, I had the opportunity to talk about this today this year this year was the first time in 53 years since the inception of the las vegas shoot which is shooting the, that three spot target right there mm -hmm. they shoot a total of 90 arrows each innermost yellow on that circle which is three quarters of an inch is an x-ray the next biggest circle, which is about an inch and a half, is 10. So you get the three-quarter inch circle, you get a 10X, you get the inch and a half circle, you get a 10. And then each line from there goes out to a lowest possible score of six points per, per target phase. And they shoot a total of 30 arrows at each target for a total of 300 points. They do that over three days. Our Olympic, um, right now, the number one archer in the world, Brady Ellison, um, who has been winning tournaments left and right for the last year. Earlier this year at the Las Vegas shoot, the first time ever, a recurve archer shot a perfect 900 score in 52, 53 years. That tournament's been going on that long, 
and one person has with a has shot a perfect score with a recurve bow, which is the bow I'm showing you. I've shown you earlier. Wow. And that's it. This distance you're seeing is 10 yards. He shot that from back at the 20 yard line. So, so double that. Basic to give you an idea. You can see that three quarter inch circle shrinking really quick. And here we are. So he shot 90 arrows at that three spot target from here. Wow. And, and hit in a one and a half inch circle every time. Wow. He's an Olympian. Uh, yeah. But in 2012, the Olympics with uh, when archery really took the world by storm with Brave and the Avengers and Hunger Games and stuff, he was eliminated in the he was basically eliminated two rounds in. And they are they're shooting outside, so they're shooting at the the whole orange on these. Mm -hmm. Their their target face is the whole orange. And they're shooting from Let's see, there's 30. Can you see the orange from here? Very slightly. Okay, there's still another 20 yards beyond this. Wow. And they're doing that with a recurve bow. So. They must have incredible arm strength. Uh, yeah, well. Um, the average female competitive archer during a tournament will draw five and a half tons of weight. So every time they pull that string back, their average bow is somewhere between 30 and 35 pounds. Every time they pull that back, they're pulling back 35 pounds and wow. they do enough to pull back. What, what did I say? Five and a half tons. So. Mm -hmm. Five tons would be 10,000, another half ton. They're pulling back 11,000 pounds. The average male archer pulls seven and a half tons in a competition. So, yeah, they shoot a lot of arrows. But you really don't notice it. But if you look at, like, Katuna Lorig, um, the girl that the Olympic archer that taught uh, Jennifer Lawrence how to shoot. If you look at her, I mean, you can see the strength in those back muscles and in her shoulders and stuff. It's just amazing how much of a physical work. Heck, even my, even my nine-year-old students come in. This bow only weighs 15 pounds. Um, the draw weight on it is 15 pounds. My nine and 10-year-olds are pulling that back. They pull it back 60 times. That's like 750 pounds. So they get a 750 pound workout just in an hour session. You don't realize it. So you get home and go, ow. 
I'd love to say you get home. Are you, are you automatically icing your arm or something? Or No, 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 no. It's just, you know, you're using muscles. Most of the, most of the shot occurs in the muscles that surround your shoulder blade, your, and come down the backside of, you know, under your shoulder blade. Those are bigger muscle groups than the muscles across your chest. And they hold the draw weight. They allow you to pull through the shot. And it keeps, when you come in, it's, it's hard to explain. It's easy to demonstrate. So if yeah. you, come, you come in, you'll see what I mean with the use of the muscles in, um, in your back versus the muscles across your chest. So most definitely. All right. Any final comments or anything like that you want to do into us? Uh, No, I don't think so. That's what I said. I think we covered a, we covered a oh. whole lot. So. Yep. Yeah. I, that's about what I cover in a one-hour um, look-see class. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All righty. Well, this was Tim Case, Archery Director at Archery Encounters. Thank you so much for joining us today. I personally learned a lot about archery. And I hope anyone who watches this segment does the same exact thing. So I hope you all enjoy it and uh, give me a call. My phone, the, the phone number on the website is my cell phone number. So when you call this, when you call that phone number, you're calling me. Absolutely. Once my girlfriend's in town, I'll definitely have to bring her down for date night. So sounds like a plan. All right. Thanks again, sir. We appreciate it. Thank you. You have a great day. Bye. You too. See you later. Yeah. Bye. -bye.